Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick. And, uh, you know, Rob, uh, I feel like there's something... I've got to share with the listeners uh, that, that they don't know about yet, which is that a few weeks ago I was on uh, vacation. Rachel and I were uh, up in uh, the the state of Maine. We were we were up on the northeast coast, and I uh, received an email from you. I got it in my hotel room one morning, and it was an email full of the the most twisted statements about the characteristics of alligator persons. Uh, it <laughs> talked about what alligator persons do in the bog and fog, the fact that alligator persons have no eyes, that alligator persons have no skin. And I was like, "What? what is this that Rob is sending me? Uh, and it turns out you were copying and pasting AI-generated stories uh, that you were getting ready to record an interview with the, uh, I think, uh, at least one of the authors of a book about uh, stories composed by machines, and uh, that, that you were experimenting with a tool that was linked to the the authors of this book. 
And so I, even though I was on vacation, I was like, well, I've got to play with this a little bit too. And, and wow, it spit out some good stuff. I've, uh, I've played with AI generated stories before on various tools people have put together, but I got to say, this is the best one I've ever encountered. Yeah, it's it's quite addictive. Uh, so if this is uh, if you want a taste of this, you can go to story-machines.net. This is the website for the, the the new book Story Machines: How Computers Have Become Creative Writers by Mark Sharples and Rafael Perez E. Perez. Uh, tomorrow's episode of Stuff to Blow Your Mind is an interview with Mike Sharples about the book, about the subject of the book. But yeah, on the website here, they have a story generator that's powered by GPT-3 from OpenAI. And it has just, it's very simple. It's just two little fields. You can put in a title and you have the option of putting in some text for the story, like an opening line. Then you press, you essentially press send, create, and uh, uh, GPT-3 will put together uh, a little fiction. Uh, it'll, uh, it'll create a little story for you or a fragment of a story. And uh, the results, you know, sometimes they're a little wonky. Sometimes it doesn't quite work, but sometimes it's quite impressive. So I think the first thing you sent me was uh, queuing off of Rocky Erickson lyrics that you mm -hmm. pasted in, and it uh, produced a, a kind of bone-chilling, uh, repetitive, almost religious chant-like paragraph of, of statements about alligator persons that it really did read like it, like an ancient Egyptian holy text. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had some fun also putting in um – I, I forget what I put in on that one, but there was one where I just put in a line from uh, from some of his lyrics. Uh, the lyrics, Gremlins have pictures of the anniversary of Christ. I put that in yes. as the title. And it, it really uh, uh, blew me away. It, it composed the following. Quote, the Gremlins have been planning for this day for centuries. They have been watching and waiting. And finally, the time has come. They have pictures of the anniversary of Christ, and they are going to use them to destroy the world. The Gremlins are going to show the world the pictures of the crucifixion, and the world will be destroyed. The Gremlins are laughing and celebrating because they know that the world is about to end. I mean, that's pretty creepy, and it's also better than most AI-generated text I've come across in the way that it sort of maintains a sensicalness throughout, that mm -hmm. you get the feeling from one sentence to the next that the sentences are not only with a valid grammatical structure, but there's some kind of coherent sense of meaning that continues from one statement to another, which a lot of AI-generated text doesn't have. Yeah, it's capable of some some really impressive things. Like you can you can put in the first line uh, from a given short story by an author, and it will continue to compose that story uh, in the style of that author. In many cases, especially if it's a recognizable style. Mm -hmm. And it clearly it's so this has got to be drawing from a kind of like corpus of the internet because when I have used uh, like proper names or something in a sentence that I input, it draws in other usually correct information about that proper name that I've put in or, mm -hmm. uh, or appropriate associations with that name that are pulled from the internet. So the first thing I tried to do, I don't have the original text I came up with, but I, I was just uh, doodling around with this when you sent it to me uh, one morning, we we're getting ready to leave the hotel. 
and I, I type in um, Morbius saves Christmas is the title <laughs> because I, I figure we've reached the point where the the Morbius memes have uh, ha- have become so overplayed that they're actually good again. They've come full circle. And I don't remember what the opening line was, but I did Morbius saves Christmas and something. And it came up with a, a story that I found delightful, though it was a little bit confused. It, it seemed to, at some point in the story, shift to where Morbius was also Santa Claus and people were addressing Morbius as Santa Claus. <laughs> but I, I just did it again with, uh, with a, a title and an opening line. And I think it did much better this time. Would you like to hear it? I want to hear it, yes. So, this is Morbius Saves Christmas by the machines. Uh, it says, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house not a creature was stirring except Michael Morbius. <laughs> Morbius had been up all night trying to fix the broken Christmas tree. He was exhausted, but he was determined to make it look good for Christmas morning. He had just finished fixing the last ornament when he heard a loud crash from upstairs. He raced up the stairs and found that the tree had fallen over." Morbius was devastated. He had worked so hard on it, and it was ruined. Just then, he heard a voice from down the hall. It was Santa Claus. Santa was not happy. He had been waiting all night for the tree to be fixed, and now it was ruined. (laughs) Santa told Morbius that he would have to replace the tree, and he would have to do it himself. Morbius was too tired to argue, so he just sighed and followed Santa down the hall. Santa put Morbius to work, fixing the tree. Every time Morbius tried to take a break, Santa would scold him and tell him to get back to work. (laughs) By the time Christmas morning came, the tree was fixed, and Morbius looked like a genius. Santa was so happy that he gave Morbius a gift. It was a virus that could kill any living thing. Ah. (laughs) Morbius was shocked and scared, but he knew he had to keep the virus secret. He would use it to kill any creatures that ruined his Christmas again. (laughs) That is wonderful. Like, I feel like that could be bound in a book with with the appropriate illustrations and it would just fly off the shelves. Uh, I mean, yeah, that is good. In fact, if I had not seen it be generated in real time by this tool, I would suspect if somebody just posted that on the internet that like that was one of those fake ones that like actually a mm-hmm. human wrote and they just said I fed a scripts into an AI and it generated this, you know, you know that joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but no, this is really by a machine. Uh, it would kill any living thing and he would use it to kill anything that ruined his Christmas again. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, I one thing I enjoy doing. So there are a lot of ways to play with it. You know, putting in some sort of uh, you know counterintuitive elements and seeing how it plays out. Uh, but I enjoy toying around and seeing what it would do with prompts or titles that had to do with machines writing books. Because mm. you know, how can you resist? And uh, I, th- I found one of the most successful ones I did is that I gave it the title of a uh, Jorge Luis Borges uh, story, The Book of Sands. So The Book of Sands is an excellent, I think, uh, 1970s short story, uh, uh, typical Borges in that it's you know more about a concept than anything. It's mm-hmm. about a book that is infinite, that is in another language with all sorts of, of strange writings. It becomes a man's obsession, and then he realizes that it's monstrous, and he needs to destroy it. But he realizes he cannot burn it, because what happens when you burn an infinite book? You create infinite smoke and it would destroy the environment. So he has to hide it away in a place where books can be alone and left alone. And that, of course, is a great library. 
But um, I figured, okay, I'll give it the Book of Sands as its title. And I gave it a little prompt. I wrote, I I gave it the following. Quote, once a scholar researching in the ancient library of Zul made an alarming discovery, a machine that could write books. The machine had been writing books for hundreds of years by the time he discovered it. The scholar was shocked to see what the subject of these books happened to be. Okay, and then uh, the machines take over and they write the following. The book's theme was the history of each grain of sand on the, on the beach. The scholar read the first page of one of the books with amazement. It told the story of how a particular grain of sand had been formed, how it had been moved by the wind and the waves, and how it had eventually come to rest on the beach. The scholar was amazed that such a thing was possible. He wondered how the machine could know so much about each grain of sand. The scholar continued to read the books and soon realized that the machine was not just writing about the history of the grains of sand, but was also writing about the future. The machine could see into the future and knew what would happen to each grain of sand. The scholar was terrified. He knew that if the machine could see into the future, it could also see into his own future. He knew that the machine would eventually write a book about him. The scholar ran from the library in terror. He never returned. The machine is still writing its books. It has written millions of them by now. Each book is the history of a grain of sand. surprisingly beautiful and that one actually unlike the others which are very delightful and pleasing that one kind of cracks the turing test one i could see that having been written by an actual human writer yeah now of course one thing that we'll get into in the the interview tomorrow is that many of the things so a machine is not going to match up to a human in a number of ways but one of the key ones ways that it doesn't match up is it has no morality it cannot make moral storytelling choices and it can't uh read back over what it's written and uh you know build it up from there Uh, so we have to take all that into account but still uh, these results are quite impressive I mean, I think also they would be somewhat limited by length, right? Because these are each basically a paragraph, and it's going to be kind of a dice roll, like how good the illusion is kept up for the length of that whole paragraph. Right. and uh, and like I imagine, if you get into longer and longer works, you would start seeing the cracks more and more, and things would start to feel wrong. Yeah, yeah, one, one assumes so, but yeah, with this machine, I think the the length limit is something like two hundred words, and mm-hmm. sometimes it'll it'll stop before that. Uh, other times, it will seem to stop, like you'll really getting its, get its it gets its energy going, and then oh, you're out of words, and you have to sort of guess where the computer might have gone from there. Well, actually, so a funny thing about uh, my my second uh, Morbius Saves Christmas here was that uh, the first time I tried it, it stopped in the middle of a sentence. Oh. It's It said, uh, you know, Santa was so happy he gave Morbius a gift. It was a virus that could kill any living thing. Morbius was... And then it stopped, and I was like, well, wait, how do you get it to keep going? So I just re-input the text it had already created and then said create again, and sure enough, it did give me like two more sentences. Then then we got how he was shocked and scared and how he would use it to kill any creatures that, uh, you know, ever ruined Christmas again. All right. Well, I encourage everyone out there listening to this – Tune into the episode that airs tomorrow, uh, and then go and check out this uh, website for yourself. And if you have something, if if, if in toying around with it, uh, you too create something uh, quite interesting, send it our way. Uh, we'd obviously love to take a peek at what you and the machine have put together. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. 
Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. 
And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. All right. Shall we get into the listener mail proper then, Joe? Oh, yes, we should. Uh, I, I guess we got fewer messages than usual this week, uh, but we'll, we'll probably have more next week. So uh, first message, this is in response to our episodes on cauldrons. We did a bunch of those and uh, uh, multiple time correspondent Renata got in touch. Renata says, Hi, Joe, Rob, and Seth. I enjoyed the references to Welsh mythology in the latest Cauldron episode and would love to hear more episodes involving Welsh mythology. I only recently became aware that Wales has its own rich lore with unique characters and stories. Of course, it shouldn't be surprising for a culture with a long literary history to have a full-fledged mythos. I was just surprised how little it comes up. Maybe that's because the creatures and characters are so tricky to pronounce. I can see that. Um, my interest started from watching a miniseries called The Owl Service, which I learned about from a documentary about folk horror. If you haven't seen The Owl Service, I highly recommend it. It's on YouTube and is eight episodes long, though the quality isn't great. There appears to be a DVD on Amazon for Region 2 as well. The plot of the show involves elements from the Mabinogion. The Owl Service was also a book, but the TV series has strong Wicker Man and Psychomania vibes and really oh. catches the mood perfectly. Wow. Well, Renata, you definitely know how to get my attention. Anything that is Psychomania meets Wicker Man, I am on board for that. So I looked this up, uh, and uh, to clarify, it looks like it was, a, I think, a, a TV series in the late 60s, maybe, and it... Ooh, it's got that 60s look. There's a guy with a tie that is approximately 17 miles wide and uh mm -hmm. and his his hair is the the flattest. I don't know. It it seems worth a look. Yeah, this was a Granada Television production. Jillian Hills is in it. So, uh yeah, this this uh this sounds like something we should take a look, a look at for sure. Uh, Renata says in the end, I uh, made it through all four cauldrons, enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. <laughs> what is that? Backhanded? I don't know. Uh, as always, thank you for the endless hours of entertainment. Best, Renata. No, not not backhanded at all. I mean, because yeah, four four episodes about cauldrons, it, um, it may seem like uh, like that's a bit much at first, uh, but then you realize, oh, well, this it really does go deep, and it's amazing how much we can take cauldrons for granted. Uh, you know, it was, uh, four episodes of this, you know, the, all the research we put into it, and I, I didn't even think of one. Uh, example of a fantasy modern pop culture use of cauldrons that was literally staring at me uh, from not only from the bookshelf but at times the book was on the bed next to me where we record and it's a Dungeons and Dragons book currently in print uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything uh, and, hmm. uh, so cauldron right there in the title there's some wonderful illustrations of various fantasy cauldrons in the book there's even a version of the Cauldron of Rebirth in that book, ready to go in your Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Wow. Uh, but for some reason, I'm just so used to seeing it, I didn't even put connected. I didn't even think, oh, cauldrons, that's what we're talking about this week. Maybe I should mention this book that's lying next to me. 
Uh, so you have more D and D experience than me. Are cauldrons a regular occurrence within the game universe? I, I my D and D group is actually convening this very night, and I don't think we have encountered one in our campaign yet. Um, I mean, I guess it yeah depends on. I guess it it's kind of encounter dependent, right? Like if you encounter okay. witches, yeah, there's going to be a cauldron, right? And nice. that's just that's just going to be it's going to get dragged in there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, no, I don't know. There may be specific. Um, like classic adventure modules that uh, that have one classic storylines that involve one, uh, but certainly uh, they're in they're in the book. They they have the, uh, the the rules created for them, so they're they're easy to plug in the magical ones. And heck, the the mundane cauldrons. Yeah, you can have as many as you want. I mean, your character could probably go out and buy one, and it wouldn't be a problem for your dungeon master to facilitate that. Uh, let's see. If it was my character, he'd probably try to shoplift one. I don't know how you can get a cauldron mm. out under your shirt. Oh, yeah, you would have to have some magic. You'd have to have some help from a a mage to pull that off. Okay, so, uh, Rob, do you want to get into some Weird House Cinema responses? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see, what do we have here? We have a listener mail from Andrew. Andrew writes, Gentlemen, I was listening to your most recent Weird House Cinema episode on the Battle Beyond the Stars this morning on my commute. It was during your discussion of the great film composer James Horner that I glanced up and noticed a vanity plate on the car in front of me. It simply read, Horner. I thought this too much of a coincidence not to ride in. I have no supporting evidence for this occurrence, so I guess you'll have to take my word for it. I believe you, because why wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, But, Andrew continues, also, there was a brief mention during the episode of the previously covered film Message from Space, wherein interstellar nuts uh, or seeds transport information across the universe. This reminded me of Kevin J. Anderson's epic space opera Saga of the Seven Suns. In the book series, messages can be sent instantaneously by priests who are mentally linked to massive trees from a specific planet called World Trees. As long as the tree is aboard a ship or on a planet, the priest can send a message to any and all other world trees in existence. Not exactly the same, but a unique use of flora to convey information. Not sure why I didn't think of it long ago. Well, that's very interesting. I was, I'm not familiar with the series. I'm familiar with the, with the author, but, uh, but I've never read this. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar either. Isn't there some kind of like big magic tree on the Wookiee planet in, in extended Star Wars canon? Yeah, they do have a big old tree there. Yeah, there's a big tree in uh, in Avatar. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically- they also use that for communication. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, it's the basic idea of the world tree, you know, this thing that that is a bridge that connects uh, our world to, to heaven. So it makes sense that it would be a way of con- conveying messages and so forth. And then Andrew has one last uh, paragraph here. Lastly, the first season of the Halo TV show recently wrapped up. I was wondering if a Halo tech episode was in the cards. The show was a little less than terrific, but I enjoyed it as an individual who spent much of his teens and 20s playing the video games. I'm especially interested in the faster-than-light travel capabilities achieved through accessing quote-unquote slip space. Also, I'd be interested to hear your take on why a species, humans, who have mastered the art of intergalactic space travel, still rely heavily on rattletrap motorcycles and souped-up Dodge <laughs> Magnums to get around on the ground. Uh, I, I have no Halo knowledge, really. I mean, I've got friends who are into it, but I've never been an Xbox person, so I never got access to the Halo stuff. I, well, I, you know, I can't complain. I got The Last of Us instead. But, R- Rob, you, you've, you've done Xbox. Have you done Halo? 
Uh, I've never done Halo. Uh, it's weird, weirdly enough. I think it's because when Halo was initially really big, I didn't have an Xbox yet. Mm. And then after I got an Xbox, I don't know, I was just drawn to other games instead. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have an opinion one way or another. I remember a friend of mine telling me about uh, a really cool episode in the first game where you like discover a new type of enemy. There's like, you think there's one type of enemy, but then there's like a new parasite or something that shows up. Oh, and it's yeah. supposed I to think be really scary. I remember that having an impact on, on gamers yeah. and people talking about that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should pick it up. It's, uh, there, there's several of those, many probably of those big, uh, uh, game franchises that I just I, I never never got around to playing, and there's some of them where I'm kind of like maybe I'll play it if it if it drops to five dollars I'll pick it up, and then and then it and then it doesn't, or then it's like oh we're on a new system now. Well, if they do an HD remake of it, I'll, I'll maybe I'll play it, and then they do an HD remake of it, and then I'm back, but it's more than five dollars, so I guess I'll wait <laughs> it out. Yeah, I remember the sword also, right? People talking about the sword. Then the oh, multiplayer, like when you get the sword, you're like unbeatable or something. Huh. The ultimate in space age technology. Right. Yeah. Rattletrap motorcycles, Dodge Magnums and swords. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know much about the TV series. I, I remember reading that it had come out, that it was a big deal, but uh, I haven't even really read reviews of it. Maybe I just know that it would be a hard sell for family viewing time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do one last weird house message. This is from Jemima. Jemima says, Hi, Robin Joe. I have recently been getting really into your Weird House Cinema podcast. It's so much fun listening to you talk about old movies I've never heard of, then tracking them down so I can experience the glorious weirdness for myself. Thank you for that. Coincidentally, I've been rewatching my favorite Nickelodeon cartoon, The Angry Beavers. Imagine my delight when you mentioned the cartoon in one of your old episodes, and then my horror when you said that you hadn't seen it. B-movie horror and sci-fi parodies are a staple of the series. You have to see it. I'm sorry. I don't even remember what episode we mentioned the Angry Beavers in. Uh, Uh, Maybe it was a a voice actor who who had a credit and we mentioned because we often mention credits, um, some of which we've seen, some of which we have not. That, that makes sense. Uh, well, okay, so Jemima continues. My favorite example is The Day the World Got Really Messed Up, which is a dedicated half-hour alien invasion mind control parody starring veteran actors of the genre, which is how... Oh, I'm sorry, I should have read ahead. Which is how it came up on Weird House. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess it still holds true that I don't remember what episode this was, though. Uh, I've linked the IMDb page for you to check it out. Uh, I don't know how you would feel about doing a Weird House Cinema review of an Angry Beavers mini-movie, but I think you'd have a lot of fun talking about all the references and homages if you did. Uh, I'd certainly enjoy listening to it. Uh, Jemima from Australia. P.S. The Last Unicorn is my favorite movie of all time. Maybe not quite weird enough for the show, but thanks for giving it so many shout-outs and pointing listeners in the right direction. Okay, so I look up this Angry Beavers uh, uh, sci-fi parody you mention, and it does have the voices of Peter Graves and Adrian Barbeau, who I think could very well have come up in in movies we covered on the show at some point. I know we've we've uh, made fun of the the Peter Graves monologue from It Conquered the World at least five hundred times. Doing a quick search on all my notes, it looks like it probably came up in our episode on Not of This Earth. Oh, okay. 
And as I as I as I zoom in even even more into my notes, it looks like uh, we were talking about Jonathan Hayes. Or uh, actually, I think you you brought up this connection. He played Jeremy, a quote no good creep who works for the alien. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently, did a lot of Corman movies, and then shows up in Angry Beavers. Well, so I vaguely remember the Angry Beavers from when I was a kid, and I would not have expected that was it what it was about. I don't think I ever really watched it, but it. Yeah, that this comes as a surprise. Well, now, now I'm interested to check it out. Uh, now that I know that they have, uh, this is a staple uh, uh, calling back to these various old movies. I would have assumed it was a standard, you know, Zoinks cartoon head basher. All right. Well, thanks for writing in. Uh, it, it's great to hear from everybody here, and and definitely keep it coming. We'd love to hear your uh, AI generated stories. We'd love to hear your thoughts on current, uh, past, and future episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind, uh, Weird House Cinema, Lister Mail, and our, our Artifact Monster Fact episodes. All of it's fair game. Uh, you know, also episodes you'd potentially like to hear in the future. Uh, let us know. We're always eager to hear from you. Lister Mail publishes every Monday on Stuff to Blow Your Mind in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed, which uh, you can find absolutely anywhere you get your podcasts. If you are somewhere digitally or physically, and you can get podcasts there, you can you can almost certainly get this podcast. Just ask for it by name. Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other to suggest a topic for the future or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.